is it? Who are you? What do you want? My God, you've gotten fat. Come in, come, come. Les rêves des amoureux sont comme le bon vin. Ils donnent de la joie au bien du chagrin. Affaibli par la faim, je suis malheureux. Pollant en chemin, tout ce que je peux, car rien n'est gratuit dans la vie. Hello, welcome back to Disney Marvels for the week of July 17th, 2018. This is episode number 9. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Thank you for coming back. It's always good to see you again, or speak to you again, as it were. Just remember, this is the podcast about Disney, Marvel, the parks, the movies, anything Disney-related, it's fair game. Now, on to the news. 20th Century Fox has set a July 10th date, tentative date, for shareholders to vote on its plans to sell the majority of its assets to Disney. The date is tentative because the Fox could be forced to reschedule the vote if Comcast launches a promised counterbid for the assets Fox has agreed to sell to Disney, which they have. But breaking news today. Walt Disney Company is now close to winning approval from the U.S. antitrust regulators for its $71.3 billion bid for the bulk of 20th Century Fox Inc.'s media assets. This is reported by Bloomberg, actually as of Wednesday. So, the battle continues, and we shall see. Fox has also accepted this bid. So let's see what that means and let's see what how uh, Comcast counters, if they even do. Let's hope they don't. On to other news, into the parks. A new parking place has um, for Disney Hollywood Studios is now under construction. New entranceway, which is over by Pop Century and Yard of Animation, is now being worked on and constructed to make easier access from that side of the property. Incredibles 2 made $70 million on its Friday debut, which matches the original Incredibles opening weekend. Actually, is one of the top opening weekends for an animated film. And also made $180 million domestic this, just this weekend. It beat out the previous anime record, record holder Finding Dory, which also was a Pixar sequel and made about $135 million in its opening weekend. Jennifer Lee and Pete Docter to replace John Lasseter as Disney and Pixar chief creative officers. Walt Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn announced Tuesday that the two animated film Oscar winners will succeed John Lasseter, who is set to leave Disney and Pixar at the year's end. Lasseter served as a longtime uh, chief creative um, officer for both companies animated studios before allegations of workplace poor behavior uh, led him to take a six month sabbatical in late November through December 31st he will retain his consulting role 
So congratulations to the two of them, and I wish them both much success. I've liked their work so far, and I, I expect good things from them. In the rumors section, Brad Bird has not ruled out An Incredibles 3. According to an interview with Entertainment Weekly, the veteran director has plenty of unused ideas that he could put into a third movie. After seeing the second movie, I hope so. Disney looks to tap Rob Marshall to direct the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. They just keep him rolling. And seeing some of his previous work, I, I think that could work. That may be good. But we shall see, and we'll keep a close ear to that, uh, to that story. Now, on with the show. Oh, I'm hungry! I, I don't know where I am, and I don't know when I'll find food again. Remy, I... you are better than that. You are a cook. A cook makes. A thief takes. You are not a thief. I am hungry. <laughs> Food will come, Remy. Food always comes to those who love to cook. So in the news, I was talking about how Incredibles 2 made millions and millions and millions of dollars. What do we know about Incredibles 2? Well, it, it is the sequel to Incredibles. But what is the genius? Who is the genius behind this? Some of you may know who it is. Some of you may not be as familiar with him. So I figured, let me let me give you a glimpse at who Philip Bradley Brad Bird, or as most people know him nowadays, Brad Bird, is. He was born September twenty fourth, nineteen seventy five, in. Cl Lipsy, Montana, the youngest of four children. At the age of 11, he, he was with his family taking a tour of the Walt Disney Studios in California, where he announced that someday he would become one of the animated, part of the animation team. Immediately after that, he was so inspired that he started working on an animated, uh, animated project on his own. It took him two years, two years of dedicated work, to finish a 15-minute short. This was noticed by many people, and in high school, he began to be me mentored by uh, Milt Cow. Who is this? Well, Milt is one of Disney's nine old men. Um, he worked on many original Mickey shorts, not to mention Snow White, Pinocchio, Bambi, Song of the South, Cinderella, just so many, many, many more classic, fantastic Disney projects, and even stuff not for Disney. So Milk gave him, gave Brad lots of pointers and ways to improve his work. He, he was critical, but critical in a coaching way to to nurture and grow Brad, you know, and seeing the talent that was there. 1975 came along. Brad graduated from Coresville's High School in Coresville, Oregon. 
apologize if I'm butchering some of these towns' names. Not being from the area, sometimes it just gets lost in translation. Anyway, I digress. After high school, Brad decides to take a three-year break and, and kind of just get things going and figure it out. But after, during that three years, or towards the end of that three years, he was awarded a scholarship by Disney to their Cal Arts program. It's California College, uh, School of Arts. That Disney created a specific program to develop young animators. Kind of like a farm program. Yeah, think of minor league baseball. It is... Again, this is a program that actually was specifically designed by Disney, and a lot of the current day animators came from there. Um, if you ever will notice that majority of animated projects, particularly movies, American-made animated movies, will have somewhere a reference in there, A113. This is the room number of the classroom for the the Walt Disney Animation program. Like I said, these animators go out to work with other companies. They aren't always tied into Disney, but like I said, the roots of this program is within Disney. But something else happened to uh, Brad while he was there. He became friends with another student. Now, you know, he's at college, this happens, you, he's not going to be completely solo, you know, keeping to himself, complete wallflower. No, he stumbles upon a gentleman who share a lot of animated interests, the love of Disney, and just all-around nice guy. Someone else I also mentioned in the news, John Lasseter. The two became very close friends. And upon graduation, Brad, along with Lasseter, and Tim Burton, all graduated in the same are all part of the same graduating class. Brad likes to add in references to Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson and in, in cameos in a lot of his works. Um, I believe was it Toy Story. Three or Toy Story Two, they appear in. Um, who are Frank, Thomas, and Ollie Johnson? Well, a lot of times they're just known by their first name, Frank and Ollie. These were two of Walt's closest animators. From obviously back way back, you know, during the early days, they are one of the original nine old men as well. And their handiwork can be dated back again to some of the original Mickey Mouse shorts. These, these were some of Walt's confidence that would help develop the stories. <clears throat> and they weren't afraid to tell Walt, hey, I think you got a little too far with something like this. Besides that, what else has Brad Bird done? Well, after, after college, he got a job helping as a creative consultant for The Simpsons. Strangely enough, how funny how things have come, you know, come full circle. He actually helped design and create the character Sideshow Bob for The Simpsons. 
that's that's a character that us who watched The Simpsons from early on um, find very interesting and uh, originally voiced by Kelsey Grammer um, Krusty the Clown's beloved and abused a sidekick so what else he what that was in his animating days. He also started going into screenplays. One of his earliest screenplays is Batteries Not Included. And he grew and developed from there. He do, When he got in, back into Disney, into the animation in the early 80s, he actually worked on as an animator on Fox and the Hound and The Black Cauldron. Left there, went to The Simpsons, or Batteries Not Included, Met back up with John Lasseter and went to Pixar. But in the meantime, he also did a film for Warner Brothers, The Iron Giant. After that, like I said, we went with Pixar. He was uh, he helped out creating a lot of the original movies, Bugs Life, Toy Story, a number of those ones. His turn came around with The Incredibles. He was the original conceptive director for Incredibles. He also came up with Ratatouille and Incredibles 2. One of the funny things about the Incredible movies, though, he's also, not only is he the director and creative genius behind them, and I do emphasize genius, but he's the voice of Edna Mode. They originally had someone else in mind for Edna. He did all the, the initial work and he did um, the, the early voice recordings to help the animators. He did. And when they were consulting with this particular actress of what they wanted the character to sound like, she said, no, you already have your voice. And they just ran with it. So that, that is... Brad Bird, in a, in a small nutshell. He, he's a lot more than that. He's also done Tomorrowland. He did a number of the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise. He's been all over the place. Um, he also has a pet project called 1906, about the 1906 San Francisco earthquake. Same earthquake that Big Hero 6 is San Francisco is based on. I mentioned in the, a couple episodes ago. And I would love to see that movie come to fruition. This has been a, a dream-long project of him. And I have the feeling that when when this movie comes out, and I'm not saying if, I'm saying when, it will be amazing. Just like how we had to wait 14 years for Incredibles 2. So let me give you my review on Incredibles 2 and my feelings on the movie. And I'll, I'll try to keep it spoiler-free is fantastic. I do not know. I do not know who the movie is written for. And I what I mean by that is is it written for the children or is it written for adults? Because as an adult, as a parent, I am sitting there looking at these characters, especially Bob Parr. And a lot of the things Bob says and goes through I personally relate to. I I have said the same thing. 
math is math. Why do they have to go change math? I don't know how to do math. My daughter, when she was younger, came home with the new math and said, no, Dad, this, this, this is how it's supposed to do. I don't know how to do math that way. Why do they have to go and change it? it it's, this is how you do it. It's nice and simple. One, two, three. Two plus two is four. Not two plus two plus one is five and subtract one to get four. No. So, <laughs> in just, when you see it, you know, you just see the struggle that he goes through and he doesn't want to disappoint anybody. So he, he puts on a good face and he just keeps trying harder. And I, I, I understand, and I get it. I get it. And then Elastigirl, not sure if she should take the job, if she, you know, being a working mother, it, it's role reversals. It is a royal role reversal movie. The My one critique for the movie is, and it's not just me, both my daughter and my wife, we've all said we knew who the villain was before the big reveal came. I knew who the villain was almost as soon as they came on the screen. And I'm going to leave it at that. Otherwise, the the animation, you can tell, is crisper. The, the technology has come so much further than the original movie. Um, they're not as stiff. They're a little more fluid in their movements. Um, it, it, it's just well-crafted storytelling something that a lot of movies are lacking and they delivered I mean this movie could have failed miserably it is not Cars 2 I am sorry but Cars 2 I feel is the bottom of Pixar's standings is is not Cars 2 is not Finding Dory it's not I'd say it's even above Toy Story 2 but the sequels, I think this is, they hit it out of the park. As a movie on whole, I think they hit it out of the park. It is just a brilliant, brilliant movie. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. You can bring the kids with you. There's nothing too, too crazy about it. If they saw the original Incredibles, they will be fine seeing this one. Um, it is toned, some parts are toned down, some parts are amped up. But it is just a wonderful movie experience and is one of the longest animated movies. It almost is two minutes shy of two hours. It is an hour and 58 minutes. As for the short ahead of it, well, take it as you will. And that's what I have to say about that one. But for Incredibles 2... It took them 14 years, but it wasn't that they didn't waste or squander those 14 years. They took those 14 years and made a movie that is worth seeing. Have you seen Incredibles 2 yet? Have you seen it more than once? And if you have seen it, what do you think about it? Go on the Facebook form. Let me know. Facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast. Let me know what you think. Let everyone else know. Try to keep it spoiler-free if you can, just for the sake of the few people that haven't gone to see it yet, and encourage them to go see it. 
or if you just want to keep it private because you wanted to get, you know, get it on the main details and nitpick up and get into the spoilers. Email the show, DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Appreciate hearing from you. Thank you for listening. I know your time is precious. I appreciate everything. Do you have a... F- and here's another question for you. Do you have a favorite Brad Bird movie? It doesn't have to be Disney. If it's one of the Mission Impossibles, that's fine. If you love Tomorrowland, I, I'm down with that. If it's Incredibles, down with that one too. Batteries not included? Sure, why not? Even if it's his handiwork in Fox and the Hound. It's all good. Let me know which what Brad Bird movie that he's been involved in. Let's just go with involved in. Is your favorite. Also put that out on the forum on Facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast. I'd love to hear what the, the lists are. So, speaking of the Facebook group, join it. Make sure you join it. I'm posting news groups on there. We have I put the new trailers for uh, Dumbo up on there. When the Lion King and the Aladdin hit, I'll put them up there too. And again, in case if you missed it the two other times, it's Disney, it's Facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's Podcast. One more time, Facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's Podcast. The email address for this show, if you have any suggestions, ideas, or possible just Disney discussions you wish to have, it is DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Again, the email address for the show is DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. I'd like to end today's show with a quote from Walt Disney himself. Every child is born with a vivid imagination, but just as a muscle grows flabby with disuse, so the brightest imaginations of a child pales in later years if he ceases to exercise it. Again, that is by Walt Disney. Please, everyone, make sure you subscribe to the show, share out that you're listening, tell all of your friends, join the groups, subscribe to the show, also, please rate the show. Please let me know how we're doing. And, you know, please, if you can, give us five stars, whatever you feel the show deserves, and leave a little comment. It does help get the show out there and more people listening. And, again, thank you for your time. And I'll see you next time. Honey! My super suit? What? Where is my super suit? I-